When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Wednesday. We heard from the new and promoted assistant coaches yesterday. Uh, the Packers continuing to prepare for the draft, and precious few headlines will undoubtedly be made between now and then, but some nuggets to uh, parse over there from yesterday's availabilities, though it was pretty rote. It's interesting to watch when guys have to get up in front of the media for the first time um, or, you know, guys who have to do it in very rare instances. I always kind of, you know, I definitely take note of who's good in front of the room and who's not. Ultimately, though, coaching is teaching and the best teachers are the best coaches. And that is really obviously where the bread gets buttered in that profession. However, I will say part of the gig, especially in this day and age, is getting up in front of a room. And being able to communicate to people. Now, in the media situation, it's very different. But you do, you know, I, I just want to say you don't want to completely dismiss the idea of, okay, if a guy's good at the podium, well, that doesn't mean anything. It kind of, you know, obviously in the grand scheme of things, no, it doesn't mean much. But it can give you a glimpse into whether a guy is, you know, halfway decent at communicating in front of a group of people, which is the job. You know, obviously between that and individual instruction and communicating concepts and technique, et cetera. Um, they're very different environments as far as, you know, a bunch of cameras pointing at you, people asking you questions, blah, blah, blah. But the idea of being able to be comfortable enough in your own skin that you can sit up there, be yourself and answer questions without, I don't know, resorting to cliches, although some of that is kind of baked into the job. Um, yeah, it's just it's all it's all pieces of information that you can use when looking at the coaching staff and seeing who maybe is uh, um, maybe has it, so to speak. Now, at the same time, you know, you are in a very controlled environment there. And I know when the guys get on the practice field, especially it can be very different, a little more fiery, a little more hands on. Um, but it's just something something to note. That's all. Good morning, everybody in the comments section. Good to see you all. Hope you're all doing well. Good to see everybody. Robin's here. Hello, Robin. Hope you're doing well, man. Mick, how are you? Aaron Harper, good morning. Hope you're doing well. 
from Niagara, Wisconsin. What's going on? Hello from New York City. Hope you're doing well. Basaccia will be a huge X factor. Jake, I hope so. Um, I, you know, if you guys listen to any of the Patreon members, listen to my chat with Mark Tauscher yesterday. I love it. I'm ready. I'm all in on a change of emphasis on the tone around special teams, etc. But man, we've been here before. We've had plenty of special teams coaches come up and whether it's in the podium or in the locker room, talk a good game and give us all sorts of great quotes. And Basaccia certainly did that yesterday. And I'm, I'm all in. I'm very happy. I'm very excited. But I do not care. I don't. I'm sorry. Been burned too many times. I got to see it on the field. And I got to see a franchise-wide commitment to improving special teams. Mark put it well as far as like the need for a couple or at least one core special teamer. Someone like a Jared Bush. Someone who took takes immense pride in their role on teams. And kind of has that leadership for that group that you can rally around. And, you know, this idea on the outside, Andy Herman and I talk about this all the time. Oh, you know, competence is all we're looking for. And that's fine from a fan standpoint. But, man, it sure feels like throughout the last decade plus, that's been the norm and or expectation and hope and or hope for the franchise itself. And I know, like you ask anybody, they're never going to admit to that. But that sure does feel that way. You know, Mark put it perfectly when Tyler Irvin came in after the Packers could not advance a punt to save their life and got positive yardage. And everybody was like, he's the next Desmond Howard. I mean maybe that big a trumpet, but that was the feeling around it because it was, oh my God, competence felt like such an accomplishment. And we got to get past that as a franchise. They have to move past that. They have to get guys on teams who want to make plays, who want to be on special teams to affect the game. And I loved a lot of what we heard from Basaccia yesterday, especially the sense of, you know, we don't get three downs. We get one play to get it right. You got to get it right on that play. I'm all in. I love this idea. But man, I got to see it on the field. I am done with platitudes when it comes to special teams. So, you know, last year my rallying cry was all I want is competence. That went by the wayside. I want playmakers. I want plays. I want people to take pride in special teams this year. That is my rant for the day. Quotes last forever. Yeah, they do. Will the last three picks be used to draft special teams players? Butch, it's a possibility. I suspect there's a good chance some of those picks are used uh, in trade kind of scenarios. Um, right now, the Packers have 11 selections. I'd be very surprised if they made all 11. And I'm hoping for my sake and the sake of everybody on the live draft stream that uh, they don't utilize all those three picks so we can get the hell out of there. Well, that's a long day if they have three seventh-round picks. My God. Oh, we got Dave. Thanks for the super chat, buddy. Can't make this live, but wanted to say the video with Ross was some stellar content. Thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, like I said yesterday, I had a great time talking with Ross. Got to have him on more. Um, but, yes, if you haven't watched it yet, it's on the YouTube channel. About a half hour of just nerded out Packers draft talk. Make sure you check it out. Thanks for that, Dave. That really means a lot. Really nice of you. Uh, who else we got here? We got Jocelyn. Good morning, Jocelyn. How are you? Interesting. Usually plugs holes externally so his hands aren't tied on draft weekend, but he hasn't added wide receivers yet. We literally spoke about that on the video with Ross. Um, yeah, it is usually his MO, the idea of making sure he is not boxed in for need in a draft. And yet he certainly, as the roster stands at the moment, has to draft at least one wide receiver, if not two. So 
maybe they're, you know, I just, we still got some time. There's still some ball game left. I don't know about a lot of, but there's still some ball game left for them to make some moves at wide receiver, whether that's a trade for somebody or a signing, a free agent signing. So, um, you know, I, I always kind of point to this, but it's, it's just one example. But never forget, Charles Woodson was signed the week before the draft. You know, so moves can still be made. There's plenty of time. And I'm not saying they're going to sign someone who's as good or as, you know, franchise altering as Charles Woodson, but signings can be made at any time. 365, as Goot likes to say. So he's still got the opportunity to make sure he's not boxed in. But I'm with you, Jocelyn. It's, uh, it is his usual MO and has been pretty much every year. Uh, this year, noticeable in that he has, as of yet, not done anything in wide receiver to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, what else we got? Nags, look at the Pats, and they had Slater. He always the man on teams. Jill, that's, uh, I think, precisely the example that Tauscher gave in the podcast. Somebody like that, someone who takes ownership of it, someone who absolutely is out there to make plays and affect the ballgame. I'm with you. I am with you. Marshall, thank you for the super chat. Do you think Rogers' newfound coaching slash personnel influence will be a positive or a detriment? Do you think he will be in the draft room? Oh, he won't be draft room he'll be like i don't know some far-flung locale yeah no he ain't gonna be sitting there on friday night saying hey let me chime in on this wide receiver or this tight end he is gonna be kicking it living his best life spending that cash that the packers gave him um and that's you know as his his prerogative i'm not belittling that or dismissing it that's he should be doing that uh but yeah no he ain't gonna be breaking down film and pounding the table for prospects. Um, he has certainly does have more of a say now and he's in the conversation as uh, he you know, said he wanted to be last summer. Um, but he's not going to be down in the dirt and the nitty gritty of constructing the roster. Um, now that said, it was great to hear Tom Clements yesterday come out and point blank say, well, yeah, Aaron called me and that's why I came back. I mean, there's no doubt that uh, Getting Clements back is all about Aaron Rodgers. And I love that Clements said, you know, it's the Green Bay Packers and I'm here with Aaron to you know, hopefully win a championship. No two ways about it, man. That is the goal. Uh, Michael, thank you for the super chat. Random question. Why couldn't Holmgren stay longer? I was very young at the time. Didn't understand it. I always assumed he wanted to be his own GM, but didn't Sherman end up having both GM and head coach role? Yeah, Michael, it was just... Really bad timing uh, at the time. And Holmgren has spoken on this um, at the time. It sure it, it appeared to be and everyone assumed that Ron Wolf was going to stay in the job for a much longer time. And Mike kind of towards the end of his Green Bay tenure, he was definitely feel, feeling the pull to get back to the West Coast, which is, you know, where his roots are. And then the Seattle job came up and uh, they offered obviously a little bit more personnel control. And he made the jump. A, to get back closer to home, but B, because he would be able to have a say in personnel. Um, now, a couple of years later, obviously, Wolf retired after ha you know he hired Mike Sherman. And it, again, everybody kind of assumed that Wolf was going to stick around for quite a while longer. But then, and I think it did just kind of hit Ron. I don't think he had planned it. I don't think he had been like trying to thumb his nose at Holmgren or anything. But it just became, it got to a point, and Wolf has talked about this publicly, um, where the league was changing, free agency was really changing the landscape of the league and the 
the contracts that were being handed out, you know, very much in Wolf's eyes. And I think this still permeates in Green Bay to this day from all these guys who trained under Ron and through his kind of program there on personnel. Um, You know, the contracts being handed out in free agency really bothered him as far as teams really overpaying for not maybe not mediocre talent, but certainly not blue chip talent. But they were getting high end contracts and it, it became a point where he just didn't enjoy it anymore. A lot of the kind of plan B free agency went away. All the kind of tools that he had utilized to build, you know, some a, a almost dynasty in Green Bay. It was all very different. So it kind of hit him one day that, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And he informed Bob Harlan that he wanted to step away. And, you know, they wanted continuity. So they gave the job to Sherman. They never should have done that because I've talked about it here a lot. Mike Sherman was a good coach. He was a good football coach. He had no business being a general manager. And I think he would admit that today. But, yeah, it was just a case of really, you know, just bad timing, bad luck. Uh, because I do think if Ron had told Mike, you know what, I am thinking about hanging him up soon. You should, you know, if if you're thinking about wanting to get out, you should probably, you know, stick around. Now, all of this said, there's no evidence whatsoever that Mike would have been, Holmgren would have been any better than Sherman in that role. I mean, especially if you look at his tenure in Cleveland, my God, as a personnel guy. So, yeah, it's a missed opportunity for sure, but. Uh, I don't. I doubt uh, Holmgren would have been much better than Sherman as a general manager and head coach. But that is a very, very, very thirty thousand foot view. Um, I highly recommend uh, Cliff's new book, Cliff Crystal's book, The Packer History, the Hundred Years of Packers History, um, and the Legacy series on the Packers app. Uh, both, both uh, of those pieces of content have much better, deeper kind of dives into that subject do i think the packers will sign a veteran wide receiver right before the draft callum i think it's a possibility i think julio jones is a legit possibility sitting out there i also think um you know there's a chance that they don't sign anybody but um yeah i do think there's a chance i don't know if it's a very good one but as han said never tell me the odds does the dog go back when Aaron Rodgers retires? No, Rick, the dog will be back. And, and to everyone who's been bugging me about the fact that we don't have the dog yet, after the draft, that is priority number one. But until the draft, I am working on the draft and she's at TV and blah, blah, blah. And the girls are cool with it and we're fine. And again, the deal was week one. So they'll still be getting him early. So I don't want to hear about it. Uh, can you imagine Mike Sherman trying to coach in today's league? Good fucking luck, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a man of his time. I, I always say I loved Mike Sherman because he loved being the Packers head coach. There's a guy who, when he was growing up, was, you know, after lights out, his mom would say, time for bed. And he would be out there with a flashlight reading Vince Lombardi's On Football, Volumes 1 and 2, under the covers. You know, that's the kind of guy you want coaching in Green Bay. And let me tell you, his run game, come on now. Again, we talk about it all the time. I'm on green. Favre's got a busted thumb in 2003. Whole stadium knows you're going to run the ball, and you still run the ball for six, seven yards a pop. That guy could coach. Now, today's league, yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be a problem, no doubt. <clears throat> Who is visiting Cheesehead TV during the draft? Nags, good question, Brandy. Um, probably the regular people. I haven't reached out to anybody yet because – 
it's felt a little early, but probably later this week I'll start um, hitting guys up. I know uh, Bakhtiari said he'll stop by, Kenny Clark, uh, the usual suspects, but uh, hopefully get some new fresh faces in there. Um, some media members, some bloggers. Of course, our Patreon crew will be there. So it'll be fun. It's a hang. You know, everybody who's done it knows it's it's not serious. It's not an interview. It is just hanging out. So I hope you guys can join us. <laughs> Colby, are you low-key hoping Aaron last minute deciding he wants to retire? Is the dog still in play? Uh, you know, how about that? Uh, interviews don't make great coaches. Interviews don't make good special teams coaches. Impressive. His attention to detail is quite different from the past special teams coaches. We should hope so. I mean, it ain't difficult to get more detail oriented than Ron Zook. Come on. That's a low bar, but I hear you. Don't worry. I'll be there next. Good to hear it. Most hated Minnesotan. Glad to hear it. Gilbert Brown again. Pogs. I hope so. I want to get Gilbert on the podcast. I got a, I got his number. I got to text him. Um, yeah, hopefully Gilbert Brown. And I would love to get him on Zoom this time. I know last time he called in on the phone, but I'd love to get him in the mix, so to speak. I have Ross for the draft. I would love that, but uh, I don't know. He might be doing his own thing for Packer Report, but I will definitely uh, be hitting him up. Uh, just so you know, Andy Herman will be in Vegas the week of the draft, and I just got him credentials. So hopefully uh, he'll check in once or twice. So that'd be fun. <laughs> Mike Sherman, yeah, he's a high school coach. Is a draft show just for Patreon members? Colby, anybody can watch. Uh, it'll be on YouTube, on Facebook, etc. To be on the Zoom call, that is for Patreon members. Um, any Patreon member, the information will be on the Patreon page all three days of the draft. If you are a Patreon member, just look out for it, and then come join us and hang out. It's basically what we do every week in the happy hour, but just on YouTube. You know, and everyone can see it and hear it. So be on your best behavior. <laughs> Unless you're Corey Banky and you lose your fucking mind over a Yelp review for your favorite uh, butcher in Green Bay. True story. Big B is here. What's up, Big B? How you doing, brother? Good to see you. Uh, what else we got? What else do you think? I got that. I got that. What else we got? What else we got? All right. I think we're good. If Jonathan Franklin worked out, we probably wouldn't wouldn't have gotten Jones. Weird thought. Yes and no. I think those those are, those are pretty far apart. But I hear you. I mean, when they were that draft, when they got Williams and and Jones, etc., you know, they were definitely you know trying to shore up and build up that running back group. Um, but yeah, there's a possibility, I suppose. Man, I like Jonathan Franklin. We did a video with him at Bleacher Report. Remember, he said he wanted to be mayor of Green Bay. Um, he's a good guy. Um, really liked him. It was a real, real uh, unfortunate. It didn't work out. Jamal Williams is the GOAT. The GOAT! Big B is here. What's up, Big B? Uh, let's see. Got that one. Got that one. Drunk time. Jeffrey. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you insinuating that we imbibe in certain beverages during the draft? Sir. Sir. I take that as an affront to basic common sense. Where can I get these framed coordinates behind you? Uh, literally, uh, Trent, my daughter made this for me, uh, Madeline, my oldest, because Corey, obviously, 
you know, has this baller shot where he has Lambeau Field behind him. So she made this for me and said, now you have Lambeau Field behind you in your shot. So I, I don't know. I think she just went to the internet and printed it out and framed it. So, but uh, yeah, it's a great gift. My girls are so thoughtful. And I repay them with bets about Aaron Rodgers coming back for a dog. God help us all. All right, buddy. I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Some of you, I know, are coming here every day, but you're not subscribed. Subscribe to the channel. Hit subscribe. It takes three seconds, and then you can ignore me for the rest of your life. Just hit subscribe, Um, please. And then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go.